It's called molded in secret or molded in private. Okay. And um, before we start for today, if you have a phone, take it out, take notes. Uh, that's just how I like to do things. You don't have to do this if you don't want. It's totally up to you. But at least just take down something that stands out to you. You know, you, my message can be about one thing and you get something completely different out of one line that I say. Um, and I think that that's a way that God speaks to us. It doesn't have to be... What I'm talking about specifically is going to hit you directly in your life right now. But I believe that something that will be said tonight will be applicable into your life. So if you want to take notes, take notes. You don't have to do that. Um, it's completely up to you. We'll pull up verses as we go as well. Um, but we'll be going through some points with a, like an overarching idea that links everything together. Um, just before we start, let's um, commit it to God. Father, we just thank you for this time where we can come together and uh, share the word, Lord, and speak about you, Lord, freely in a comfortable space, Lord. And uh, we just pray, Lord, that you speak tonight um, and everything that comes out of my mouth is you, Lord. And um, you know every heart in this room, you know what needs to be said, Lord. In your name we pray. Amen. Cool. I'm excited. I'm excited. Let me hit you hard from the beginning and tell you, that do you know that you are marked? Nod your head. Just, just do this. Yeah? Yeah? Do you know that you are actually marked by God? That you have a unique calling by God to do the will of God that no one else can? Like, you have a specific purpose that if you don't fill, no one else will. Because it's your job. It's a gift from God that He's put into your life for you specifically to do. And you are called by name. And I'm, sa- I'm telling you that the, the world is missing out if you do not find your calling. If you don't know what it is that is, is your gift or your, or your talent or what God has blessed you, the world is missing out on that because they don't get to experience what it actually is. And to start, you just need to surrender to Him because it can only come through Him. And only he will get the glory from the gift that you have to present. But again, I don't think we understand how special we actually are to God. Because God tells everyone else when a situation will come up, right? He'll be like, no, 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 that's not for you. That, that's for that person. You know, don't, don't go into down that area. That area is saved for someone specifically to come in. That's not your area. Your area is here. So we all have specific areas in our lives where we are called and someone else will benefit from that. There's a plan, but it's about understanding our gifting and understanding our skills. Because a lot of the time our eyes 
are too focused on other people's gifts. What can they do, right? And we say, oh, he can sing or she can sing or they can speak or they can play instruments. I'm going to do the same. It, it doesn't matter what their gift is. It matters what your gift is because everyone has a unique calling of their own. You know, like um, so, someone may, um, may be like, oh, he's a good preacher, so I want to preach now. And another girl may be like, she's a good singer and I want to sing now. But let's be honest, this guy can't hold a conversation for two minutes, let alone speaking. Or this girl purely just had a, has a bad voice and she wants to force it just because it's someone else's is, is gift. And that's what their eyes are used to seeing, right? I'm, this is just an example, right? <laughs> um, but, what I'm, but what I'm saying is, don't follow other people's gifts. It's your personal gift with God. And... The point is focusing on yourselves to, to, to find that gift, not on other people. Because I feel like in, in Middle Eastern cultures as well, that we, get, we become too focused in what other people around us are doing, you know, whether it's careers or abilities. Um, I can imagine that you, you've heard this conversation before of like parents or adults speaking. They're like, uh, but that family has bought this new thing, therefore, like, we must buy it. Like, how are we going to look in front of them? Yalla, let's buy it. Put it up just for, for design in the house or something, right? Because it's like a fear of missing out or a fear, a fear of, like, being looked at as different because, you know, you're thinking outside of the box and not following the trend that everyone else is. You know, that's something that our culture is dealing with and it will take a person to step out of that culture and into something that is different in order to flip the script, yeah? So, going to the Bible, did you know that David wasn't the first person that God tried to mark? It wasn't the first person that God tried to make the king of Israel. The first person that God called was Saul. He was the first person. He was the one with the, with the intentions of leading Israel. But Saul eliminated himself from God's plans. You see, God called you before you were born. And he has his hand on your life since the very beginning. But the older you get, the more you're actually able to remove God's hand from your life. Because you, you, get, into, you get in control of the things that you choose to do. Therefore, you can slowly start moving God's hand away from you. And away from purpose as well. If you have your Bibles, open up to 1 Samuel 9, 15 to 17. But before I start reading, um, during this time, Samuel uh, was a prophet, right? So he was speaking God's word uh, because Jesus obviously hasn't come just yet. And Samuel goes, uh, goes up to meet Saul. And look what the Lord says to him, yeah? Following on from uh, verse 15. Now, the day before Saul came... The Lord had revealed this to Samuel. About this time tomorrow, I will send you a man from the land of Benjamin. Anoint him ruler over my people Israel. He will deliver them from the hand of the Philistines. I have looked on my people, for the cry has reached me. When Samuel caught sight of Saul, the Lord said to him, This is the man I spoke to you about. He will govern my people. God had, God had Saul marked from the beginning. He knew that this is the person that he wanted. He had, he had a specific thing that he wanted him to do. And you know, some of you may be sitting here and, and, and are saying to yourselves, 
Oh, but, you know, I've done things in my past that I'm ashamed of. For example, someone may be like, but I've slept with this person and I'm now seen in a bad light. But, but I've changed. Or, you know, maybe you were used to going out with some friends, getting drunk on weekends, doing drugs, whatever the heck it may have been, right? The hookup culture, whatever, whatever it may have been. And let's be real, this stuff is close to home. This is stuff that we've either experienced or we know people have experienced this. And it really bothers me that we don't talk about this inside the church. It really does. You know, like you mentioned alcohol, you mentioned drugs, you mentioned sex inside of a church and people look at you funny. But this is stuff that all of us deal with. isn't? And this is stuff that people out there have dealt with in their life. So why not speak about it? If we're not talking about it here, then where are we going to talk about it? Yeah. But what I'm trying to tell you is that God isn't concerned about your past. If you let him into the present, he knows that there will always be a bright future with him. And Satan actually loves your insecurities and he loves your past mistakes. And he will use them to actually guilt trip you away from your calling. Because when you are called by God, all you need to do is choose God and follow your calling. I'm going to get a little bit personal with you guys tonight. But um, in my past experiences, yeah? In um, year, 10 and 11, year 10 and 11 at school, right? I, um, I, was, I was a pretty good kid. I, I was all right. And um, I realized that God has blessed me with a gift of, of speaking. So I decided to do something about it. And I went to speak to my teachers at school. And I was like, hey, is there an opportunity to speak like at assembly or anything like that? And they're like, yeah. So I started doing that. And I did that through the space of year 10 and 11. And I'm like, yeah, life's good. I'm, I'm enjoying this. This is great. And then year 12 hit, right? And... We all know you 12, okay? So my life completely changed when I hit you 12. And I'm going to be completely honest and completely vulnerable with you guys. I was, I was hooking up with girls. I was getting drunk. And, I've, and I smoked weed with some friends. This is me being real here. Because this is stuff that we need to talk about. Because I truly believe that vulnerability breeds vulnerability. And this is stuff that, again, we have to speak about. And let's be honest with each other about these things, yeah? Um, but what I'm trying to say again, guys, is that God had a plan for me a while ago, but I decided to actually stray away from that plan. But luckily enough, I came back to him and I started following that plan once again, because I wouldn't be standing in front of, in front of you here today if, if my life, you know, continued down the path that it was going. This is stuff that I dealt with and this is stuff that I overcome with God, um, by my side. Relating it to the story is Saul was God's chosen, but he actually disqualified himself from the rest of God's plans. Um, the first time, there were two times. The first time was in 1 Samuel 13, where Saul refuses to follow instructions and then takes matters into his own hands. Um, so we're going to read from yeah, 1 Samuel uh, 13. Samuel remained at Gilgal, and all the troops with him were quaking with fear. He waited seven days, the time set by Samuel. But Samuel did not come to Gilgal, and Saul's men began to scatter. So he said, Bring me the burnt offering and the fellowship offering. And Saul offered up the burnt offering. Just as he had finished making the offering, Samuel arrived. 
And Saul went out to greet him. What have you done? asked Samuel. Saul replied, When I saw that the men were scattered and they did not come at the set time and the Philistines were assembling at Michmash, I thought, now the Philistines will come down against, against me at Gilgal and I have not sought the Lord's favour. So I felt compelled to offer the burnt offerings. You have done a foolish thing, Samuel said. You would have established your kingdom over Israel for all time. But now your kingdom will not endure. The Lord has sought out a man after his own heart and appointed him ruler of the people because you have not kept the Lord's command. This was the first time. And the second time was in 1 Samuel 15, if you want to, if you want to flip to it, um, in verse 9. When Saul goes to attack the uh, Amalekites, and, um, and was told to totally destroy everything that was there. God told him, do not spare a man, nor woman, children, infants, cattle, sheep, camels, donkeys, nothing. Told him, get rid of everything. And if you're following on from verse 9, it says, But Saul and the army spared Agag, and the best of the sheep and cattle, the fat calves and lamb, everything that was good. Then the word of the Lord came to Samuel, I regret that I have made Saul king, because he turned away from me and has not carried out my instruction. Samuel was angry and he cried out the Lord all night. The rest of this chapter is pretty interesting. You can read it on your own, in your own time. But just continuing with the story, can you actually imagine yourself, right? Imagine this with me. Can you imagine yourself in God's intended plan for your life, but you decide to ruin that to the point where God says, I regret. I regret ever making him king. Like, you must have done something really big to step out of God's plan for your life where God says, I regret making him king. He made mistakes in his first five years and God removed his calling from Saul's life. But guess what? He ruled for 42 years. Mistakes in the first five, but God let him continued to serve for 42 years. But the trick here is you can be in position without God's approval. And that's exactly what happened with Saul. He was in a position without God's approval. You can still be leading and serving, but sometimes God will say, it's too late because you strayed away from the plan that I had for your life and you completely went against what I wanted you to do. Why, you may be asking? Because he chose to be prideful over over being um, humble. My question to you guys and to myself as well tonight is, have you invited God out of your life? You know, you, you haven't pushed him out, but have you invited him out of your own life? And how many of us tonight are in places without God's approval? You know, are you sitting here where you know that you're in a place where you shouldn't be, but you are still pursuing that without, without seeking God first? See, the Lord cho- chose Saul and, cho- and Saul chose God, but he didn't value his calling from God. Has God blessed you guys specifically with something And are you fulfilling that? Are you doing something about the gifts that God has put in your life? So the first point that I want to make is, 
You are called by God. But are you working on your calling or have you disqualified yourself from that calling? Point number two that I want to make is maybe you left what God has called you because it was too tough. Yeah, maybe you know that God wants you in a place, but you're like, it's too hard. I'm not, not really going to pursue with that. It's tough. <laughs> I'll be honest. I, um, I go to a job every day that I don't particularly love. <laughs> you know, I get up in the morning. I'm like, oh, another day kind of thing. You know, I'm not really excited to, to get up in the morning and go to work, right? And maybe too often I've told too many people in my life about this. <laughs> um, that I don't enjoy my job. Uh, but the thing that sucks, it's funny, but the thing that sucks is I know that's where I'm supposed to be. And as frustrating as that is for me, I just got to suck it up and I got to stay in this position because I know 100% that that's where God wants me, at least for now, um, to stay. But you see, the, the problem is that some of us want the best outcome Without going through the process. You know, we want to we be here, but you can't get here without going through here. Yeah, There's a stage in the middle that you've got to cross in order to build yourself up through God to where he wants you to be. Because anything great, anything that is worth having has a process. To get to the promise, you must go through the process. And it's unfortunate because we live in a time where we want everything now, now, now. We're not willing to wait uh, for things. We want everything, as we call it, with express shipping, right? Um, how can I become a, a manager? How can I become a, a doctor? How can I become everything that God wants me, but with express shipping? That's what we say to ourselves a lot of the time, is... Yeah, I want God's plan for my life, you know. I care about his intentions for, for me and, and for growing with him, but I want it now. You know, I'm not, I'm not willing to wait. I want that express shipping, two-day delivery, you know. That's what I want. And we do that sometimes. We stay faithful for a week and then we fall, you know. We, we just do it for a week. And we're like, oh, you know, God, God didn't come through, so I'm going to look for another way. You did it for one week. You stayed faithful for one week. It's a process. It's a timely process that takes hours, years, whatever it may be, depending on the situation. It takes time. But you can't give up because you got hit. That's not how it works. The Bible doesn't promise you an easy life. I'll share with you guys a story about my current work. Um, of actually how I, I, I got this job, right? So I applied through Seek, as every human does. And I, I got the job. And when I got through work, so I work in HR, so I can see a lot of the recruitment, everything in the recruitment side of things. So I was very curious as to who else they were looking at as well at the same time as they were looking at, at me to hire. So I hop on the, the website and I see a short list of six candidates that were, they were picking from. They had interviews with all of us, right? And I was one of the six. The thing is, three of the six people had master's degrees, right? Two of them had bachelor's degrees. And I have a diploma. And the thing is, I only have one year experience. Whereas 
the rest of these guys had at least five years experience. So I was no way the most qualified or the person that should have got this job whatsoever. And that's why I'm telling you, I know that this is where I'm supposed to be. Because in a logical mind, in a logical space, that this doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense for a person that has no, not no qualifications, but compared to other people, pretty much has no qualifications. And, and one year's experience to get a job like that. And the, and the thing about that is, God doesn't call the qualified, he qualifies the called. And we see this in the story of David. What happens is, Saul disqualifies himself. He's still in power, but he's no longer the one God has called. And at the end, Samuel was very upset. Samuel was actually crying. He was saying, I thought Saul was the one Lord. But you know what God, but you know what God was saying to him, to Samuel? God was saying, stop crying about what I'm done with. I am anointing someone else. This is a whole other lesson for us. And this is a completely different message. But it's a good point to touch on. Because God may be telling you tonight to stop crying over what he's already done with. Is it a previous job? Is it a, an education, an opportunity, a relationship that you're crying over that's already finished? Then God's telling you, get over it because I'm over it. What is it in your life, yeah? Because God is saying, stop wasting time. And move on because I'm no longer there. My presence is no longer there. It's not worth. And then God says, go to Bethlehem and anoint one of Jesse's sons. Right? The story begins to become a little bit more familiar here. Uh, if you can go to 1 Samuel 16 from verse 6 to 13. When they arrived, Samuel saw Eliab and thought, Surely the Lord's anointed stand here before the Lord. But the Lord said to Samuel, Do not consider his appearance or his height, for I have rejected him. The Lord does not look at the things people look at. People look at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. What we get from that is that God is looking at the heart. And it's easy for us to judge and say, He would be great at this or she would be great at that. But God says no. They're not ready because their heart isn't ready. Their heart isn't right just yet. Then we follow on from verse 8. Then Jesse called Abinadab and had him pass in front of Samuel. But Samuel said, the Lord has not chosen this one either. Jesse then had Shammah pass by. And Samuel said, nor has the Lord chosen this one. Jesse had seven of his sons pass before Samuel. But Samuel said to him, the Lord has not chosen these. So he asked Jesse, are these all the sons you have? There is still the youngest, Jesse answered. He's tending the sheep. Samuel, um, Samuel brought, him, brought him. He was glowing with health and had fine appearance and handsome features. Then the Lord said, rise and anoint him. This is the one. So Samuel took the horn of oil and anointed him in the presence of his brothers. And from that day... The spirit of the Lord came powerfully upon David and Samuel went home. David was marked to be king of Israel. But 
it didn't happen in front of everyone. Because he was molded in private. And I'm going to touch on this later. You know, it happened in a room full of people where no one else saw his potential. You know, his, his dad was talking him down and his brothers didn't even consider him. You know, he was, a, he, was, he was a nobody. He was out in the field. No one looked at him. Don't expect God to reveal his plans for your life in front of the world. You know, he's, he's not going to say, he's the next Billy Graham or he's the next Cristiano Ronaldo, for example, right? It's not going to happen like that because he will speak to you in a whisper. He's currently approving and molding you in private. And this is hard for us to hear in this day and age that we live in because we want everyone else to know what God is doing in our lives. We like to share and talk about these things. And his intention for us is not for everyone else to know, but it's you to know for now. But when God calls you, the problem that we have is we wait for the approval of other people around us. But why do you need to wait for someone else's approval who firstly doesn't know their purpose and they haven't affirmed that with themselves? You don't need anyone else's approval if God has already told you what it is. The one thing I want to say about purpose is it's easy to kill your purpose when it's still small, when it's still a fresh idea that God has spoken to you. And that's why it needs to be in private. I'll give you an example. You know, they, they tried to kill Jesus before the, crucifix, the crucifixion, right? Why, you may ask, is when the king at the time knew that you know, another Messiah, a Messiah was being born or a king was being born, he said, kill all males under the age of two. Because it's easy to kill a king when he's a kid. And that's what he wanted to do. He wanted to get rid of him. And that's why I'm saying to you, keep it to yourself. Don't share it because there are people out there that will want to destroy what God has put into your life. Because when a dream or a vision is still young, that's when it's the easiest to destroy. It's between you and God, not between you and the rest of the world. And, and do, you, do, you, do you understand that God is actually giving us an opportunity of, of the unknown? Because we're trying to be teachers without being taught. You will be teachers. One day you will be teachers. But it comes down to how you are taught right now. Let me ask you something. Do you know where David actually went after he was anointed king? He went back to the sheep in the field. You must actually have enough humility to go back to the place where you came from after God has told you, you will be king. You're going back to the farm where the sheep are and the cows and the poo and the crap, you know. You're king. What are you doing? But he was humble enough to go back to where he came from because he was learning and developing. God was molding him when no one else was looking. And you may... When you find your purpose or when you find your calling, you may wake up one day and you're like, you know what, I'm done from this crap. I'm leaving uni or I'm leaving home or I'm leaving school. I'm done. You know, I know what God wants for my life and I'm out of here. I'm going to just pursue that and leave everything I know. 
But God wants to mark you and send you back to where you came from. To not only be a light in that place, but to also learn in that space where no one else is looking. So don't reject the blessing of the tough times now. Because God is teaching you lessons you can only learn now. And you may be asking, why has God put me away from revealing my purpose in front of people? Because you're currently in a time where your struggles will become your strength, but in another season. We fast track a little bit when David was about to defeat Goliath. The people said to David, what makes you think you can defeat Goliath? And David said, when none of you were looking, I was in a field. And a bear came and I killed it. And a lion came and I killed that one as well. But what you don't know is, I have scars from the bear and I have scars from the lion. But because David took care of his responsibilities in private and didn't show anyone those scars that he got. So when he was in front of of Goliath, he wasn't afraid. Why? Because, I was, because he was able to perfect what was within him when no one else was looking. Your season of privacy is so important for your preparation. If God was to give you the platform that he wants to give you in a few years now, and with the flaws that you have today, your calling would be over like this. Who knows Lionel Messi? Anyone? Yeah? Cool. If you don't know who Lionel Messi is, you should know who Lionel Messi is first. But Messi was a, is a short little player, very gifted, very talented. And I actually believe that Messi is proof that there is a God out there, right? Because he's so good. And the story of Messi is when he was growing up, he was a very gifted player, very talented, but no one believed in him. And he would go to trials at different teams and people would reject him telling him you're too small and you're too weak. You're not good enough to make it in football. But he pursued. You know, he could have let what people were saying to him affect him and that's it, you're done. But this guy has won multiple awards for being the best player in the world because he decided to stick with his plan for his life. And he continued and flourished in that to becoming a great player for Barcelona and amazing success in his career. And maybe that's a lesson for you as well. Back to the Bible. (laughs) Um, Did you ever ask yourself why the Bible always says the Lord was with David over and over again? The Lord was with David, the Lord was with David. It kept saying that. It was very repetitive um, in, the, in that book, First Samuel. Because was, David was always with God. David didn't try to fit God in his schedule. God was David's schedule. God trusted. I mean, David trusted in God. But sometimes we don't do the same. You know, we sometimes pray for miracles Without putting in work. You know, I, I, didn't, I didn't study, but, you know, I want God to, to let me pass. Or, you know, I didn't practice the lines and, you know, I just want to do really well. 
I'm sorry, but that's not going to happen. You have to put in the work as well. What we know is David, before he was actually anointed, he was a skilled musician, shepherd, writer, and very skilled with his slingshot. But he was able to perfect this when no one else had eyes on him. Imagine David forced his way into the purpose that God wanted him to early. Okay? He's standing in front of Goliath with a, with a stone and he, he flings it and he misses. Okay? The story would have ended there and that's it. You know, you, you're stuffed, you're gone. Um, it wouldn't, the story would change the whole context of this story, let alone the Bible as well. And that's why God doesn't push you. God helps you, holds your hand through the process in order to develop you to that stage when it's time to reach that stage in your life. You will need to perfect your calling in private before it's on display for anyone else to see. I hope this last thing that I want to share with you guys isn't too controversial. But I'm sick of hearing people say, follow your dreams. I'm sick of it. I don't like it. Because too many times we deal with disappointed people who put time and effort in dreams where God wasn't in. I did that. I was chasing something and I was chasing this... Um, this sort of life that people told me, yeah, follow your dreams, do what you're passionate about, you know, just pursue that. But I never asked God, is this from you or is this my mentality that I want? Because it's not going to be blessed if you don't give it to God first and you know that that's what he wants to do in your life. Stop trying to be seen in something that you want to do and develop your skills in private when no one else is looking. Because some of us need to be contempt with where we are currently are at this moment. And we can work on what God has given us later in his time. There's no point pursuing gifts and, and all these other things that you, whatever you want to call it in your life without God being in it first. And my prayer for us tonight is that we understand that we are marked by God and we have a specific calling regardless of your past or what you think that you've been shaped by. And this happens in private. God molds you in private. When no one else has eyes on you, you are being shaped for a platform that he will lead you to. Let's pray. Father, I just want to thank you for the, for the time that we just had, Lord. And I just pray, Lord, um, wholeheartedly that we would have got something out of tonight, Lord, that you are shaping us in private, Lord. And regardless of the things that we've gone through in the past, Lord, that they wouldn't affect us today, Lord. That you have put that aside, Lord, and you've completely looked over that, Lord. And even though people may still look at it and say, oh, your past is so ugly, but it doesn't matter about people's opinions if you're on our side, Lord. And if you've called us to a specific purpose, then that's all that matters. People's opinions don't, because people will always have opinions, whether right or wrong. And I just pray, Lord, that we get to know our purpose with you, Lord. And um, during this rough time of being molded, of this painful time, that we just understand that it's leading us to the platform that you want to put us in, Lord, not the platform that we're chasing with our own hands. We just pray and thank you for this time that we just had, Lord. And uh, thank you for who you are as well. In your name we pray. Amen.
minutes.